and welcome back to Scarves Around the Funnel, the podcast dedicated to Heart of Midlothian under-14s who will be taking on Celtic Reserves this Sunday afternoon. I am Laurie Dunsire and I am delighted to be joined by someone who, like me, has not watched Heart's last game <laughs> at all. I'm going under. And this time I fear there's no one to save me, Laurie. <laughs> yes, so the, the well-informed Hearts podcast who have, between them, watched, I believe, exactly zero minutes of Hearts last game at Pataudry. So, um, <laughs> we will we'll touch upon the game in some form, be- because the good people on Twitter, uh, some of you who hopefully do listen as well, have uh, responded to our pleas for um, some feedback on the game. So we've got a few tweets to go through in reference to the match against Aberdeen, which happened last Friday night, uh, when Mark and I had much better things to do. And we will talk about... We're not going to talk about the the Celtic game. We'll talk about cult heroes um, and maybe some other stuff. We'll see what happens. Um, So it'll be interesting. We'll we'll, we'll see where this one takes us. (laughs) This all or nothing really got a way of driving me crazy. <laughs> okay, first up, Aberdeen 2, Heart of Midlothian 1 on Friday night, as mentioned. Mark and I didn't watch this one, and given the result, um, didn't plan on and watching any of it back either. So, put the tweet out there, said, sorry guys, didn't see it, what happened, what do you think? Um, so we we got a few responses. Uh, Hearts shirt collector just said uh, they sent an image just saying pretty much, and then it's the image of a kind of, some kind of nuclear bomb um, exploding with a mushroom shaped explosion cloud and flames, um, which seems very dramatic for a game which really didn't mean an awful lot certainly to Hearts. Um, Daniel McIver says Burns, Doyle and Hickey only real positives. Everyone else just didn't seem interested. Second every ball, not making a single run. Obviously, as there was a lot of rotation, not the best quality on the park, but Aberdeen also looked poor. Not a good night. Um, One thing I guess to pick out of there, Aaron Hickey's mentioned a couple of times more. Matthew Harold says Aaron Hickey was probably the only plus point to come out of the game. It was the same as previous week's one-dimensional hit-the-ball-long nonsense. Um, and uh, Bry Pye says Hickey looked okay as well. Um, so interesting. I guess, Mark, we, we weren't expecting um, a Hearts to play as we'd expect. <laughs> as we'd ex- I don't know where I'm going with that. We didn't expect much from Hearts because we don't at the moment. Um but good to hear that Aaron Hickey, who is very young, of course, got a chance and apparently did all right. Is that some kind of positive? Yeah, I, I, I need somebody to heal, somebody to know, <laughs> somebody to have, and somebody to hold. It's easy to say, but it's never the same. Okay. Yes, I, I kind of liked the way you numbed all the pain. Okay, so you'd stop singing Louis Capaldi. <laughs> hey, finally! I got you with the first two lines. I got you with it. You were like, yeah, what's uh, what's he been drinking today? Look, I'm just back from lunch. I'm not back from meeting Lewis Capaldi. So it was my little <laughs> tribute to him and to you. If you thought you were getting away without me mentioning where you <laughs> spent your day earlier today seeing Peter's son or whoever the hell he is, 
Hey, no more lyrics. I'm done. But I got through two lines without you realizing there. So I'm chuffed <laughs> with that. Aaron Hickey, right? What, what's the, yeah, yeah. Um, I'll, I, you, look, <laughs> I, you said that I see it. I'll, I'll not lie, right? I'm in Rome last Friday night. When in Rome? Uh, and we're an hour ahead. So we'd, we'd done our kind of touristy bit sightseeing. We'd been out for dinner and we'd come back. We were shattered because. We'd arrived earlier that morning. So I thought, you know what? I'm going to go to the hotel bar and I'm, I don't know, I'm going to put myself through misery. I'm going to watch the last 20 minutes of Hearts TV. Um, and I did. And I, I saw uh, Aaron Hickey after he come on. And first of all, because I didn't really know the team, I hadn't really paid that much attention to it um, because I was out for dinner. Uh, so my first thought was, oh, who's that? Uh, I think 50, number 51 he was. Whether that was Good despite... Number. Yeah, I was going to say whether that was coincidence because um, he was the 51st player of the or, or maybe he's a massive jambo who hates Hibs and loves cup finals. I don't know. It's, it's difficult. It's, it, look, it's, it's, it's difficult. This, hopefully we can raise spirits this week and have a bit of fun with, with various other things. There were one or two positives. We'll see youngsters against Celtic, but a lot of people are just desperate for this season to end. And thankfully, we've still got something to look forward to because if we didn't have a cup final, then... I mean, I don't know what there is to look forward to. <laughs> you watched more than I anticipated. I, I thought we had that pact of we're not going to watch any. <laughs> we're not going to watch any of the game. Um, and I should mention, uh, yeah, you're making it sound like I was out having drinks with Lewis Capaldi or something. No, it was. I, I spoke all of two sentences to him. It's um, an intimate little gig and signing session. So, um, yeah, people. Some people probably don't know who he is. Who does he support, by the way? Is I, I he a football fan? I don't know. He lives in Bathgate, so probably one of the other Rangers or Celtic. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's usually the way it goes. There's an interesting one. Who who does Lewis Capaldi support? That's not interesting, it, actually. Uh, is he a Celtic fan? Probably, usually are. Singer and Celtic supporter Lewis Capaldi. Oh, fuck's sake. I regret meeting him today. You're better off with Peter. Better off with Peter, yeah. Um, Jamie Devlin says, shite yet again. Not too many of the players brought uh, brought in looked interested. The Sean Clare of the start of the season returned. Cochrane, only one playing himself into the final. Let's just be thankful we're nearing the end of the season and we get a break from this for a bit. Right, can, can we talk about something that was just mentioned there? Yeah. Sean Clare returning to the way he was at the start of the season. I've had a bit of stick and I got a bit of stick and I was happy to get a bit of stick because I'm... Hey, so... <laughs> It's a society where you're, you're entitled to an opinion. If you don't agree with someone's opinion, then it depends on, on the way you wish to proceed after that. You can either argue, you can agree to disagree, you can get um, annoyed or, or whatever. Um, and I, I, it wasn't a case of putting my head above the parapet. I, I just thought that, what was the game, the, the Hibs game when uh, Easter Road, when Craig Levine came out and said uh, it was obviously his best game in a, a Hearts jersey, but I kind of said around that time, I see there's a player in there, and as the weeks went on, I said he would be the first name on, on my team sheet because he was playing well. But there was always that element for me that when the going gets tough, Sean Clare goes into hiding. And I was accused of, well, why are you picking on him? So I just, I, I don't know if it's a minority or a majority um, kind of viewpoint. I think I'm probably still in the minority because I like the player and I know what he's capable of. And I'm, there's no way I'm just picking on him because there's no way he's just at fault for this recent run uh, because everyone else has to take a share of the blame, including the coaching staff and the manager and everybody. 
But the, this luxury player tag that, that has been has been put on him as well. I think if he's if he's surrounded with better players, and hopefully once we get the Naismith deal tied up next season, and I think he'll I think he'll flourish. But but right now, do you know what? I I think it could be a big positive for his career going forward. Right now, it's not in that. Maybe someone sits down with him in the summer and, and goes over what he did, the positives and the negatives. And, and maybe we see a player next season who's maybe a little bit more committed to the cause when the going gets mm. tough. Am I, am I still being harsh? It's a tough one because I saw some debates on, on Twitter and I think it was um, Eck who's been in touch with us before. I think saw him... In that defence of Sean Clare, for that exact reason, that Sean Clare isn't a player by the type of player he is, who would be getting in the thick of things, getting involved in a lot of challenges, etc. That's he's a he's a a skillful attacking player, and I mean you could pick out some great Hearts players of the past who weren't the type to knuckle down when of course you could, was, yes. I mean one of one of if not my favourite ever Hearts player, certainly in his first spell, was always shied when parts on the back foot waiting for his chance at the other end. And that was a certain Czech midfielder. I, I feel second spell, he was a slightly different player. But first spell, I mean, Rudy Scatchel was fantastic for Hearts over 100%. two spells. But you very often a, saw him a, in games... He was a lazy bastard. Yeah, you saw him with his shoulders slumped, standing up in the middle of the park, waiting for his chance. And it, he could do that because he was bloody brilliant and he could crack a goal from anywhere within 30 yards. But you can't always... You don't need... 11 players who will throw themselves into tackle and, and fight for it. You don't want 11 who won't because that's a problem, but if, if you've got the workers around them, and interestingly, we'll talk about cult, cult favourites, and, and one of mine, if not my all-time cult favourite, is the man who I had a big French flag for saying Le Juge on it, who was certainly not the best technical player, certainly not even at our level in Scotland, but boy, he knew how to put himself into challenges and he I, I think he was a big part of why the likes of Scatchell and Hartley etc were able to play their attacking stuff further up the park so it's good to have that mix um, yeah. I think the one the one thing I would I would I would end that my kind of part of the Sean Clare debate would be if I didn't rate him or I didn't care about him I wouldn't be interested in talking about him I think there's a player there in fact I know there's a player there so I'm really Hopeful that that next season um, we'll we'll get the 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 real Sean Clare because if I didn't care about him, he was just a squad player. I wouldn't say I'm picking on him. I'm just it's just something I've noticed, and I see that there's a player in there, and I'm not talking about tracking back all the time. I'm just talking about hiding and showing um, for a ball. Now he's not played that regularly down in England with Sheffield Wednesday or, or whatever. It's a shock to the system when anybody comes to Tynecastle and there's a there's a nastiness in that atmosphere. Mm-hmm. You don't you don't particularly want the ball, but you've got to go and get it. And it's the brave ones who stand up. I'm just looking for a bit more bravery because I think he's got all the skill ready to be a right good player. So if I didn't think he had that ability, then I wouldn't care about him. I do, and I think he can go on. I just think he needs to needs to add a few more things to his game, and then I think we would then have the player that Craig Levine thought that he was getting when he signed him. 
We had a few more messages. I, I'm not going to go into some of the lengthy ones. I appreciate everyone getting in touch and helping us out by giving their thoughts on the game, but I, I don't know if we're going to get much from talking about the Aberdeen Hearts game an awful lot. Ryan Mitchell did, did say he witnessed a tremendous performance. It was absolutely awe-inspiring to watch our players glide around with their crisp passing and attacking play. It was just a pity. I woke up in the away section to see the actual game was still in progress. Um, that probably tells you a lot about what you need to know and David Aitchison sent us a message and at the end of it he actually gave us an image from the away section which he said he couldn't help laughing at which was a sign on the wall which is a Scottish football partnership sign that said football played here um, David said there was little evidence of that happening on Friday night um, and Andy Grant says just replay any episode from the past five months and change opposition team name to Aberdeen <laughs> because, as usual, it was the same shite served up. Bobby Burns got a goal and Levine was happy. I'm glad he added <laughs> the second bit because he's talking about uh, just change a name and it's the same shite served up. So <laughs> I thought he was talking about the podcast for a minute and not the game. Maybe. Maybe he was covering both of <laughs> So, anyway, Hearts lost uh, did mean an awful lot, so we, we won't talk about that any longer. Something that we will talk about, which will <gasps> hopefully give us a little bit more um, enjoyment, is Cult Heroes. So last week, Mark put the very simple, but I think a, a good homework question out there, is who, who are your cult heroes? Now, one thing I should say, I, I got a couple of messages the likes of Colin Cameron, Craig Gordon. I don't... I can't really go into those because it's not the type of thing we're looking for from a cult hero because I think they're genuine hearts greats in terms of quality and what they achieved. Is that right? I, I think we're looking for somewhere a bit different with it. Yeah, just fair? a little bit le le left field. Not one that might get... Maybe he would, but not necessarily one that would get into your best ever hearts you love and just someone that for any reason... You thought, yeah, you'll do for me. So as I, as I said, Brelier was mine, and I don't. I think because of the length of time he was at Hearts, and as I say, because he wasn't a a great player, I think he would go into the the cult hero brand. Because a lot of Hearts fans weren't his biggest fan, certainly by the end. Um, no, I was at East Five. Remember, it, it was that pre-season when Burley wasn't convinced by him. No, he played he played back-to-back -back nights. He then played at Berwick on the, the Sunday we've spoken many times about, about George Burley and the final day of the Open down at Berwick. But he didn't even see him play. So I don't know who gave him the contract, because George certainly wouldn't have a clue how he played at Berwick that day. Um, um, but It was, was the real manager, Mr. Vladimir Romanov. <laughs> no? The, what, the, the fax machine. <laughs> yes. The fax machine. Yeah, just... A right good player. We had we had some good players that season. We really did, and he he was the protection. But he offered protection with a bit of flair as well, didn't he? He did. He did. I, I had a lot of time for him. He is a player who who wasn't that great from that sort of era. Um, but Square Sausage Ninja. That is a that is a great what? Twitter. Yeah, that's his Twitter name, Square Sausage Ninja. Um, so so. But but by the way, I'm on I'm on the the, the flight coming back. Okay. And I, I see this thing about. Aldi, a rouse developing over Aldi and Square Sausage. I'm like, oh, what's oh, going on here? So, so they're claiming now that they invented Square Sausage? Come on. <laughs> what are they calling it? A, a, a square? I don't know what they're calling it. But they're, they're talking that they... Come, come on now. That's blasphemy. 
I agree. I'm just, I just didn't expect I should. We, we need to set the square sausage ninja on those who came up with this at Aldi. There's no place for that. Yeah, maybe that's why he's changed his Twitter name too, ah, Square maybe. Sausage Ninja, because yes, they have attempted that, and it's, it is, it is a shocker. Uh, anyway, Square Sausage Ninja <laughs> says Bar- Barassa was was either a beast of a right back or a bricklayer from Lithuania. He <laughs> was both. Why I can't both. he be both? I really liked him, and his aggressiveness his aggressiveness could have worked in Scotland. Lost to injury, um, I just remember the size of his shoulders. Um, he looked an imposing figure. Oh. He, he, he he wasn't very good at football, though. Really, let's he, be had, he had a good. Was it Celtic away he played? He, he he had a couple of good ones, and you thought, you know what, there might be a player there. And then you saw him again. You thought, yeah, back on your tomato lorry, back to to Vilnius. <laughs> um, but I think he was part of of the kind of Lithuanian mafia. Yes, uh, the, the player wise, oh, yeah, literally. But <laughs> I, I believe, with, without wanting, um, they don't know where I live. Uh, I hope. Maybe they do, but I think they they were uh, part of a pack. There was about four or five Lithuanians mm. that used to eat at Bar Roma, and I believe there was a suggestion. Well, before it shut down, there was a suggestion. It'd be, it'd be shite eating there when it shut down, wouldn't it? It's like well, you're waiting an eternity for some food. Anyway, that's an attempt at humour that didn't go down very well. I believe that there was an unpaid bill. Now I don't know if that was. That was a story that I'm getting mixed up going back to the Pasquale Bruno era as well, because there's a seamless transition into another potential Hearts cult hero. Yeah. Pasquale Bruno. I love the fact that A, he was a lovely guy, but a nasty bastard on the pitch. He'd mellowed a little bit after coming from Italy, but not enough to, to be a soft pussycat. He was still a, a hard boy, uh, especially with that collar. Remember when he wore his collar up? Oh, that was proper. And the other thing about Bruno is he bought into it. He bought into it. Because we've had a lot of players in the past that have come from abroad, and a lot of them have just, for whatever reason, homesick or just haven't felt it, or or they're just called David Vanacek, um, <laughs> they, they haven't really settled well. Not only did he settle, but he really bought into hearts. And he would certainly make up, if I was to do an 11, he'd be in my, my cult hero 11. Um, Big C says Pasquale Bruno for his uh, cult favourite. He said he based um, Big C says I based my game on his. Um, <laughs> I just fight people. I'm guessing Big C um, maybe like to stick the boom when he played football. Maybe maybe something like that. Um, Foxra Oscar says I loved Mikey Psyche Calloway. He put in in brackets um, in his day the no-nonsense hard man before Pasquale came along. That was until he signed for them in capitals. Yeah, I loved the UEFA Cup run in 1988-89. St. Pat's and I'm still, I've watched it back, oh, it must be over 100 times now uh, on YouTube and, and whatever over the years. The the goal in the Prater Stadium in Vienna yeah. with Walter <laughs> Kidd. How is Walter Kidd not offside? I still don't understand how that goal, I'm not complaining. Um, then Velez Mostar in the third round and Bayern Munich in the quarterfinals. And uh, one of my colleagues at ESPN is a big Napoli fan and he always talks about the, the UEFA Cup in 89 that they won with Maradona. We were a John Colhoun miss away from from hosting yeah. Napoli in the, in the semi-final. That one hurt. You've, you've still not got over that, have you? It's just, <laughs> there's not many things. You just, 
I mean, we are where we are, and and whether it had been goal difference or goal average for the league in 86 or 65, it happens for a reason. And you have to go through the pain. <laughs> it's been a hell of a lot of that to really appreciate the, the good stuff. But there's still one or two moments that you look back and you think, what if? Do you know what? If if we hadn't got that penalty at St. Johnson, it's, I'm always one for both sides of the coin. I think it's only fair. If we hadn't got that penalty at St. Johnston in the 120 minute or 90th minute, whenever it was, um, in the year that we, we beat Hibs in the cup final, there would have been no 5-1. So on one hand, there's the annoyance of the Bayern Munich and the other things that happened. And on the other hand, you've got to, you've got to be fair. But Mikey Galloway was... He was another guy, a, a player who played for Halifax Town, and he bought it. And he had one or two issues in his in his personal life, um, but it didn't stop him when he was at Hearts from being a, a right good teammate. Simi says Husref uh, Musa. Try to get his name out. Musa, um, I, I can't speak. Husref Musimic. Um, I've lost. I've, I've lost the ability to get his name out. Um, scoring the winner in an Edinburgh derby entitles you to immediate cult hero status, although not confirmed. Um, which I think does so. He he's one that always uh, is brought up, although it was before my time watching Hart, simply because he did that, but did very little else. He didn't do much else. Yeah, and there's this great story that's going around or went around at the time that they'd signed the wrong player. They'd gone to scout a guy, really liked him, tried to sign him, yeah, and for some, that. yeah, for some reason it wasn't him that they got, and this kid arrived in a, a plane, and the scout's like, "Who the hell are you?" I don't know if that's true, but why let the truth get in the way of a good story? Uh, it's a mystery. It will always be a mystery for us, but it doesn't matter who he was, Big Husref or whatever his name is, Big Big Dave. Um, <laughs> Scored that goal against Hibs and didn't do much else. We had a few players like that. Hans Eskelson, big Bon Jovi. Yeah. Um, by the way, he became a professional poker player. Did he? Yeah. Look it up. It's really interesting. Um, the, the, his kind of his career path after leaving football, because he clearly wasn't cut out to be a footballer. Again in Scotland, did all right elsewhere, but didn't work from at Hearts. But <laughs> shaved all his hair off and, and became a poker player. True, Scott. Um... One three one four. Um, I don't know if that's because True Scott, uh, up until one three one three, we're all taken. But anyway, on Twitter says Hans Eskelson. You can tell this is the end of the season, huh? <laughs> Some of the shite we're coming out with. Hans Eskelson. Wow. Uh, remember a game at Partick where he ran the length of the park, rounded the keeper, and then put the ball wide. Um, I don't know if that maybe did that some Hans Eskelson up. I never saw him as a as a, yeah. as a fan. Yeah, he, I, I'm, I'm trying. I'm on. I can check with London Hearts, but um, I, I believe we played Partick midweek and lost five two. I think. I think he scored. That might have been his first goal for Hearts. But yeah, there was there was a miss as well. Just big lad, big lad. But we we seem to have had our fair share over the years of tall players that jump less than their height. Kevin James was six seven six eight. <laughs> jumped jumped six one. I mean, you think if you're buying these players and they're, they're tall and whatever and they'd be good in the air. Uh, Uche's gonna get you, says uh, Derek O'Connor, a.k.a. Scan, um, as his cult hero, Tenacious T, says Derek Ferguson, still to this day one of my favourite ever players at hearts, absolutely superb football, footballer. 
Uh, we've got Catch-22 says, Dika Mona for getting booked in a derby he wasn't playing in. And Abua, <laughs> Abua for the gun show, which is oh. another good suggestion. Can I give you? Can I give you two or three? And I, I honestly don't know if they've been they've been suggested. Yes, go go for it. Um, just for for different reasons. I always liked John Miller. I always thought you got everything from John Miller. He's a really good player as well. He used to play for Chelsea as a youngster, and I believe was at Chelsea the same time as, as Craig Burley uh, when they were teenagers. Uh, he was obviously someone that that was good. Uh, and I enjoyed him. Neil Berry, I always thought Big Chuck. Never the most gifted of players, but just wholehearted and always left it all out there. We've had we've had kind of exciting players who make you think, yeah, this is you're fun to watch. Juanjo, 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 the Spaniards, Caricondo Perez, or whatever his full name was. Juan Jose, Juan Jose Caricondo Perez. Perez. There you go. Yes. Liked him. Exciting. Jean-Louis Valois. Exciting. And someone who I used to love commentating on because when a human being doesn't know what he's going to do next, there's no chance for another human being to second guess what the other human being is going to do next. And when Ricardo Fuller picked up the ball, you just you were just excited because he could kick it out of play, he could beat 10, he could score, or he could dribble into... A defender. You just never knew. But when he got it right, my God, it was special. Loved Ricardo Fuller. Yeah, some good mentions there. David Aitchison says Jean-Louis Valois, a particularly pre-haircut. And I'm a fan of that as well. When he had the big long hair, that 5-1 game at Tynecastle, the original 5-1 game. The man of the match. Man of the match, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) But that, I mean, like the pass for the the first De Vries goal. Lovely, just dinking it over the defence. Um, the ones you mentioned there, I mean, Juanjo, one of my favourites, had him on the back of his shirt. I was absolutely gutted when when we couldn't renew his contract. And he was the a typical cult hero, a typical winger. You had games where he did nothing. You'd have periods of the season he would do nothing, but then you knew he could you could carve out a goal like the one that helped us into Europe against Hibs or that lovely bit of skill which I always remember at Tynecastle when he. Uh, did the pirouette and flicked around the Dungeon United defender who was still confused, looking around, wondering what had just happened, and then somehow almost scored from about the corner flag. Uh, some wonderful skill. And uh, one that I'll mention a bit more of, um, Ricardo Fuller, because if a couple of people got in touch, MJK says, uh, a lot of obvious ones, but from a while back has to be Ricardo Fuller. What a player he was. I was at Fir Park. Now, he, he gets this one a bit wrong, and he does um, admit this in some later tweets. At Fir Park, when he scored an absolutely incredible goal, flicking the ball over the defender's head before rolling it in. Um, now, that moment was one that I thought of because someone tweeted Neymar um, doing this for PSG the other week when he okay. did the, I don't even know what you call it, but you know when the player flicks over the back of his own head and forward to try and get it over the defender? I, I, I don't actually know what you but, call uh, that I, move. Smart arse, I think. Um, but... Ricardo Fuller did something like that, but actually kept the ball in play. He didn't score from it, unfortunately. And I'm, I'm hoping maybe Amoruso Let's It Run can find the clip of it, because it was a game, it was a game at Fir Park, and I don't remember much else about the game. Hearts probably lost, but it was a lovely bit of skill from Fuller. And MJK also goes on to mentioning the fact he beat about four players at Tynecastle, and that was his um, his... The goal that everyone remembers most, it was a 3-1 victory home at Tynecastle and he started his own half and just drifted around four players, went around the keeper. And it's like you're saying, 
I don't think at the start of it he thought, I'm going to run past them all and I'm going to go round the keeper and score. I think he just kept running and then got around someone else. He's like, okay, he's another player, I'll get round him. There's a goalie, I'll get round him. Oh, look, there's a goal, I better roll the ball in. And you were never really convinced he had too much of a plan other than, <laughs> let's just run. Let's run with the ball and see what it takes us. But, but fans love that. And um, Colin S also says, the home game we ran the length of the pitch was Motherwell. The flick over the head was away at well. Um, so he mentioned Fuller. Um, so did Rory1874. He says, the guy was outrageous. So raw. And I remember he was on Soccer AM Showboat nearly every week. The goal against Motherwell. Um, he says, I feel English football knocked his skills and freedom out of him. Some player... And it was another one, I was obviously still reasonably young at the time, but I remember just thinking, why have Hearts not got £800,000 to buy him? Keep him, sell everyone, just keep this guy, we want him. And being so disappointed that we missed out because we obviously had the option to buy, but in the end, he went down south and he carved out a very good career for himself in English football as well. He did, he did. Um, without going into too much detail, I've just got some players that I've enjoyed watching for various reasons, over the years, some have frustrated and some have, have brought joy. Neil McFarlane, uh, most of these are, are kind of wholehearted and fully committed and just love playing for hearts. Neil McFarlane. Vincent Garan was a player who, when he was at Paris Saint-Germain as a youngster, was... was we got him about 20 years too late, didn't we? <laughs> That's the problem. That's one of those you look back and you think, if we had you in your prime son, A, we wouldn't have got you because you were too good for us, but B, what a player you would have been. And there's another player that's like that. We didn't have him in his prime, but he was still a Rolls-Royce of a player. Jim Bett, uh, back in the 90s, could play, play centre-back, he could play as a holder midfielder, attacking midfielder, but just such a class act. Andy Thorne, uh, for his kind of cameo after the four sendings off at Ibrox in the Celtic game in the League Cup, um, if you're having a, a cult hero haircut 11, um, or worst haircut 11, Ramon Pereira with that <laughs> mullet was a shocker. Henry with the perm just has to be in any cult hero squad. Ian Baird really bought into it and battered goalkeepers. Peter van de Ven was another who was classy, a Dutchman. And again, maybe didn't get him in his, his best uh, time. Fashionu, uh, wholehearted, really committed, good player. A lot of these are, are after they were really good that, that we got, but they were still pretty decent in most instances. Adrian Boothroyd was never one of those was good players. He, he was he was a bit of a journeyman, but that, the, the two goals against Huntley were, were memorable. Tommy Gronland, um, the Finnish guy who fell quite a lot, but again, did, did all right. You kind of thought there might be someone in there. Uh, Ibrahim Tall, just for his patience, and how long he was at the football club before he even got a chance <laughs> to get a game. It's just, I like the whole cult hero thought process because you can just go back and it's it's not your your robos or anybody like that because they're they're going to be in your best every 11. It's those that you watched and you thought, yeah, I'm glad I watched you. Yeah, some, some good mentions there. <laughs> Tommy Grunland. Unfortunately, <laughs> this, this has nothing to do with him as a player, good or bad or otherwise, but he always brings back... <laughs> One of my really annoying memories as a Hearts fan at a game I wasn't even at. And this is the Teletext days. Um, and uh, I was at the house and, you, you know, you could set the updates to come up. So it would say a goal. This is Really? Yeah, you could, never... have, you could have the update. So it would, I don't think you could just pick Hearts, but you could pick Scottish games or whatever. So the go- and the update came up saying Hearts 1, Livingston 0. 
Grunland goal. And I was, oh, yes, Hearts are leading. So I went to tell tell my dad. I went upstairs. I went, Dad, Hearts have scored. Yes, 1-0. Um, and I went back down. And I came, <laughs> correction, Hearts nil, Livingston 2. I was oh. like, sorry, what? <laughs> not only are we not winning, we're losing. <laughs> and we're losing two by two. Twice as many. And... I never, you, you've blown my mind about this. I wish I'd known. Thanks for telling me back then when you didn't know me. <laughs> That you could do that with on Teletext. Was it Teletext or CFAX? Oh. Was it BBC or ITV? Because oh. 301 was always the head, the Sorry, headlines I'm, on on yeah. BBC. Oh, I, I can't remember. Uh, I might be mixing them up, but it, it, it just you could have it so it would come up at the bottom of the screen wow, when you watch TV. Yeah, um, I, I'm sure, and maybe I'm just lying, but it definitely I, I saw it on there anyway. I'm sure. Just make it if it's bullshit, make it believable bullshit. Okay. How do you think I got a job in America? <laughs> How, how, By the way, how did Tommy, you ever get Tommy, a job? I don't know. Tommy Gronlund's official picture, he's got this little smirk that kind of thinks, I know where the bodies are buried, but I'm not telling you. <laughs> Just that kind of, you've got a face that maybe tells more than it should. But good player. <laughs> Preston Pan's hearts agrees with one of yours, says, I loved Ian Baird. Possibly the closest my generation had to Drew Busby. Um, yeah. In brackets, Sandy Clark was hard as nails, but he was too fair. Um, he says if he, he wasn't fair on Campbell money, goodness me. Campbell goes to sleep at night and still sees visions <laughs> of Sandy running at him. Well, Preston Pan's heart says if he could, Ian Baird would, by fair means or foul, stick the two centre backs and the goal in the net with the ball. Oh, Yogi, Yogi. Another one mentioned here, Stuart says, when I was uh, wee, my hero was Colin Cram. Always dreamt he oh would be goodness. the new Robbo, banged goals in, the, in for the reserves. I remember I was mascot, I put him as my favourite player, and he wasn't in the squad, so someone put it down as Craig Nelson instead. <laughs> Hashtag raging nine-year-old. Was that, I, Colin was... Cram, yeah, 95, I believe, he played. He, he, didn't, he didn't get many games. He had the, do you remember when it was... Was it fashionable at the time? I don't know. I can never speak about fashion, given the way I dress and, and look. Um, but he had curtains. He had hair, like curtains. That's very 90s. Um, That's very 90s. It was Be- Beckham had them, so it must yeah. have been pretty fashionable. West um, and all but... that type, did they not as well? Or yeah, yeah. Boy bands he... in general. He scored... When did he score? He didn't score many. He got two goals. Um, Kilmarnock and Peterhead. So... A friendly against Peterhead, and he scored against Kilmarnock in the league. That was his only goal. Yeah, it didn't do much. And we've had a few of those, haven't we? Jamie Mole was another that. I don't know if he. Well, yeah, I know that was the whole Athens thing when we played AEK Athens. We've had a few strikers that, like, they've been shite for want of a better word. I'm not going to try and. I'm not going to try and. Um, say something that's not true. They've not been very good, and they haven't cut it for whatever reason. Um, I'm just thinking of players that have come with very, very yeah, little well, fanfare, and then have turned out to be real, real decent signings. Well, Matthew Harrell gives us one which is the opposite of that, which he says the legend uh, Mauricio Pinigol Pinilla, who oh, came with wow. massive fanfare and um, barely ever played. Um, who else have we got? Odd shaped balls uh, says. Um, Walter Kidd, aka Zico, five percent talent, two hundred and fifty percent effort. George Cowie is mentioned by Phil yeah, Fielding, who says, yep. "Never forget his goal from the halfway line at Muirton." That one you remember? No, I don't remember. It was never at Muirton, um, unfortunately, because St. John's were in the lower leagues, and I went to McDermott for their first season there. Cowie's a Highlander. Um, 
who went over, he was the national team coach of some weird-ass country. Uh, keep talking and I shall provide you with said details. Keith Trail and Jimmy McDowell both mentioned Drew Busby. Uh, Jimmy, yep. Jimmy says the cult player of all cult players. Um, and Cal also mentions one that you've talked about, Peter Van Den Ven. Van uh, de Ven, yeah. Van de Ven. Um, I can't speak today. Uh, probably not much different than usual. Um, he says, if only because there's been a photo of him in Clark's bar for decades. <laughs> Ooh, uh, Van de Ven. Is that right? George, I don't, that. I don't know. I've never been in Clark's bar, but it's not something you forget. It's just a strange choice to have someone behind a bar, a uh, picture of, of Peter van de Ven. Um, yeah, Kerry, Kerry was, was a West Ham youngster that came to hearts from them. And Solomon Islands was where he coached after being at Papua New Guinea, New Guinea under 23. But he's a bucky <laughs> boy, George <laughs> Kerry. What? This, this just got very obscure. Oh, <laughs> That's what this podcast is all about. Um, very quickly, just to, to end it. So, uh, Amaruso Let's It Run, who obviously gives us so much good content on Twitter, uh, video content, gave us a, a Cult Hero 11, um, an article he'd written. So, I'm not going to go into the, the details. If you go and follow Amaruso Let's It Run on Twitter, you'll be able to see it on his blog. But I'll just quickly run through his Cult Hero 11 and who he mentioned. He's got Marion Kello in goals, um, Stephen Frail with an honourable mention for Jimmy Sanderson. Um, Stefan Mahe, with an honourable mention for Igor Rossi. I liked Stefan Mahe, actually. Like... Igor Rossi, forgot about him and loved Stefan Mahe. He was a hard bastard. Um, Pasquale Bruno, with honourable mention for Is oh. Ismail Bouzid. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Let's, let's rewind. This defence is going to contain Mahe and Bruno. <laughs> well, well, who's going to come in when they get suspended? Because that's... Is this like a hard man 11? Well, I, I said they're going to end up... They're going to end up um, fighting with each other. And then I scanned... <laughs> then I scanned down to George Hogg. Uh, Graham Hogg, George. Uh, Graham Hogg, um, with honourable mention to Andy Thorne. Let, let's, let's, let's have a back four of Mahe, Bruno, Levine and Hogg. <laughs> Yeah, just, just, just carnage before the game's even yeah. started. Oh, and, and, and it's a back five. They've got there's the three centre backs with Mahi one side and Zico Walter Kidd the other. Have some of that. This is going to be the dirtiest, dirtiest. There's <laughs> got to be honestly, there has to be a homework one week of the dirtiest Hearts eleven. Yes, we we can definitely do that. Um, he's got Juanjo with honourable mention yep. for Kingston. Um, Jean-Louis Valois with honourable mention of David Milinkovic um, we've got Phil Stamp as I, I loved Phil yep. Stamp I had, yep. my, had my Phil Stamp shirt and I think he's partly cult hero because he, he had so much talent but I mean he'd probably be the first we've mentioned it before he was not an athlete at all <laughs> which is maybe part of his problem but he had some great moments and of course one of the moments which you um, commentated on. Um, he does say after Phil Stamp, an honourable mention for Dave McCreary. Yeah, yeah. Love Dave McCreary. He was a bit like a bit like me, not in footballing sense, and that, look, you know you're going to have to shave your hair at one point, but you hold on for dear life. It's like rearranging the deck chair on the Titanic. My <laughs> hairline and his hairline. We're, we're clinging on. He went bald. I'm still in denial. But a good player. Northern <laughs> Ireland international. Played at the 1986 World Cup, along with Jennings and Jimmy Nick and and the, the rest of them. Uh, good player, middle of the hardy little soul, but someone, yeah, I enjoyed him. That's a good shout. 
Amorosa lets it run also adds Don Cowie with honourable mention for Jim Bett. What was Don Cowie, by the way? What was his best position? Does anybody not, kind of not right wing back, despite what oh, your no, mate no, Robbie no. tried to claim? I think My mate, that, uh, your pal Robbie, or Nielsen? Aye, that's. Oh, I, need to find, I need to find out who he's getting on because he's kind of got he's got a big game. They're one nil up. One nil up. Go on, son. One nil up at half time. Despite on, the messages I'm receiving, suggest that Robbo's side should have been a couple of goals up. Um, they were. The oh, we just should have. That's a tough one. Your hero, your hero against your pal. When hmm. when Robbie Nielsen said that Don Cowie was better suited to right wing back than Callum Patterson, that's probably the first time I remember when he was in charge. I was like, say what, Robbie? Ooh. Um, <laughs> uh, look, uh, Robbie's from the West. There's there's got there's got to be a like a, a lost in translation there somewhere. You know when the foreigners give an interview to their homeland papers. <laughs> <laughs> and then it gets translated. I'm sure Robbie's obviously spoken to like the, the Cumbernauld Chronicle or whatever that's been translated <laughs> into English. There's, there's no danger that Don Cowie's a better right wing back than, than Callum Patterson. Um, I, I liked him in the engine room in midfield. He was kind okay. of no nonsense. He wasn't the most creative type, but I thought he did his job and he was efficient and he worked hard. You needed creative players in front of him, so that's why he would have been another nightmare in this team because it would have been more sideways, 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 same tempo. Um, whatever, quickly run through the last ones. He says, Kyle Lafferty with honourable mention for Ricardo Fuller. So we've talked about Ricardo Fuller. He also mentions Ian Baird with honourable mention for Kevin Kyle. And that's two good shouts because Kyle, Laff- Kyle Lafferty is an interesting one because, you know, I know it's been talked about and I have no idea whether there's any reason for it behind it, but I would take Kyle Lafferty back in a second because the boy knows where the back of the net is. Don't know why it didn't work out for him when he went back to Rangers. I think but he was never going to be. Look, he doesn't get enough chances. The actual lone striker, though, does he? He's either no, backup no. or he's often shunned out wide. You need him up front. He's he's he, he'll put the ball in the back of the net. He scored. He scored nineteen bloody goals in that Hearts team last season. Yeah, true. And I just I just felt he he maybe thought that he owed it to Hearts after all the support and help that they'd given him um, during his issues. Maybe I don't know. Uh, maybe he thought, well, full circle, I've come back to Ibrox, that my job's done. Not down the tools, but would you take him back? I would. 100%. And Kevin Kyle's a great mention because that season under Jeffries where we had that brief flirtation with a title challenge, one of the reasons I thought it all kind of I don't think it would have been sustained anyway, but one of the big reasons it started to fall apart was when Kevin Kyle got injured because it just everything worked off of him. As the man with, um, you know, with uh, Stephen Elliott and um, yeah. Templeton playing off him, he's not. He was never going to be a twenty goal a season striker, whether he played the whole season or not. But he created so much around him by holding the ball up and players playing in and knocking it down. He was terrific, and he he was never a a great footballer. But mm-hmm. Jeffries knew exactly how to play yeah. him and get the most out of him. That shout at Templeton's an interesting one because I mm. listened to his his podcast with Simon Ferry. <sighs> He, he, for me, is a stereotypical Scottish player who, maybe a little bit like Derek Riordan, and I think they could have achieved far, much, far more than they actually achieved. Gary O'Connor was another one. Uh, and you wonder, how, you, you want? Oh, I'm allowed to say that. I know go, it's a hard podcast. Go and, go and find that. Go and find that runners-up trophy, Gary. You could have maybe punted it for a few quid. No, but you know what I mean. I know. There's been being... a lot of players. There's been a lot of players over the years. Not just for Hearts, I'm not necessarily at Hearts, 
that have made, and they'll admit it themselves. That's the key. It's not me saying that. I'm sure they would admit it themselves that Templeton had an okay career. I just think it could have been yeah. a lot better. Mm. Um, there's there's one or just two two players that I want to finish off the the cult hero um, kind of section mm-hmm. with. One was was a guy who actually played in the first game I ever went to back in October '85. Ian Jordan. Really good player in the middle of the park. I'm not talking superstar anymore. I'm talking about a really good team player, Ian Jordan. Um, and he was never spectacular, but I just liked him for, for, for whatever reason. And the other one, um, George Wright. Not as a footballer, but my God, he ended up kind of in a show with Joe Guest, who was naked, on like live TV when they used to film out of Easter Road, uh, when they had the kind of topless darts and all that shite and then Jordy <laughs> ended up on men and motors tv channel with with joe guest just google her but again if you're googling her boys and girls don't do it from a work computer <laughs> and um just on kevin kyle obviously his most famous goal for hearts was the winner in the derby and i love that Ips. moment i loved uh, i loved um derek ray's commentary of it as well and later that evening after a few drinks um i had my uh, karaoke request rejected in Ryrie's bar because um, someone just went right, whoever's put down Kevin Kyle to sing Seven Nation Army, you're not getting <laughs> you're not getting up <laughs> was, was, the, was the boy on karaoke a heavy? I don't know but I, I was hoping he wasn't a football fan and it would manage to sneak past but no such luck are you going to do Louis Capaldi now and, and somebody you love does your karaoke song? <laughs> Oh, fuck I, can, I can give you the words. <laughs> <laughs> right, to finish up, we're not going to talk about, there's no point talking about the Celtic game at all. Not the first Celtic game anyway. Obviously, there's a, a, a bigger Celtic game to come on the 25th of May. And I want to put some homework out before that game that we can talk about Um and I, I like this is one that came to me the other day, and I, I think this is good homework. So hopefully, hopefully, hope you agree, Mark. So you, you've been I'm, very excited about this in your message. I'm going to call it. Up. I'm going to call it. You couldn't script it because you know how th- moments happen in football, and the commentators also you could not script this. Sometimes they use it in the wrong time because it's like, well, that's exactly how you'd script it if you were writing a script. But in recent times, especially, you know, with the the Spurs game and the Liverpool game. And the, even the the championship playoff the other night with Leeds, and this happened with Hearts, of course, as well in the past. Um, oh, you you went you went off the, the musical scale there. Oh, <clears throat> sorry, That's hey, what, uh, I won't I won't do my Lewis Capaldi cover. My voice isn't quite ready for it. Um, so my homework that I want to put you can get involved in this as well, Mark. I want people to be creative now. I want you to give me your script for the twenty fifth of May at Hamden. The final. Now, this I'm hoping you're going to be optimistic and give me a script which is a successful heart script. Now, I don't just want hearts win, Iqbiazu scores. I want details. I want so um, it was a turgid game. There was two red cards each t- each side, and the goal came in the 78th minute, and it was from a flick on a back post. Three Celtic players ran into one another. Um, I want ex- I want real details, and it can be things that happened off the park as well. It can be that Craig Levine got sent to the stands for for shouting at um, Neil Lennon and end- Neil Lennon through a water bottle. I want I want details. I've not thought about mine yet, as you can tell. But I want I want the little details. It could even be things around the game, not on the park, that they're 
there was a thirty-minute delay to the game because Hearts fans staged a process a protest outside when they found out that Uche couldn't make the starting eleven. I don't know. It can be ridiculous. You can be a pessimist as well. You can give me a script which is which is negative. No, that's boring. But it's boring. But but you know, someone might have a funny one. So you could be funny. Okay, you could be funny with it. So be funny. Be realistic. Be ridiculous. But I want scripts for how the 25th of May could go, how you want it to go, how it would just be wonderful it did go, but it's never going to happen. So I want, yeah, that's what I want. So for next week, I want to have some things that we can go through. This is what could happen. So write, write your scripts. Be creative. Do you like that? I'm, I, I do. I love a blank canvas. Mm-hmm. So here's what's going to happen. Okay. Not in the game so much, because Hearts are going to win. Right. <laughs> I, I certainly hope so. Hearts are going to win. Not that I believe that, but this is for this script. So Hearts are going to win, and we're going to go back. So 21 years ago today, and as we speak, we're doing this on Friday, Hearts were parading the Scottish Cup through Edinburgh for the first time since 1956. So it's kind of on that note. After that Cup final win at Celtic Park over Rangers in 1998, as we came back along the M8 after picking up our vehicles and then with huge smiles on our faces driving back to the capital, there were lots of Celtic fans who were along, not along the side of the M8, because that's very dangerous, but they were on the overhead bridge as we left Glasgow at kind of Easterhouse and Silverburn and that area. And there was Celtic fans everywhere applauding the Hearts fans and everyone as they made their way back because they'd stopped Rangers from winning a trophy that season. Turn the clock forward 21 years. Hearts win the cup. They stop Celtic from winning the treble treble. We get to Springburn. We get to Easterhouse. There's just a sea of blue. (laughs) It's Rangers fans everywhere on the bridges over the M8, celebrating, cheering, throwing down empty bottles of Buckfast, and just jubilant that Hearts have stopped Celtic from doing a treble treble. But then, out of nowhere, the 1998 Celtic fans appear on the same bridge, and there's big fights. Kevin Bridges then appears as the referee (laughs) to this massive big fight. Albion Rovers, Airdrie, Motherwell, Hamilton, their casuals show up. They take their respective sides. (laughs) Carnage ensues. There's fire everywhere. And it's like a guard of honour as Hearts fans and the team bus go through the blazes that are happening by the side of the road (laughs) on the M8 as Hearts make their way back to the capital with the Scottish Cup. How about that? Uh, It's it's interesting. Um, It's not really what I envisaged, but... Yeah, you feel your boots go wild. I mean, um, let's, let's keep it a little bit... Let's keep it reasonably well behaved, um, to a degree. Okay. We were well behaved there. I'm not. It's yeah. Tight. Yeah. That's... We 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 were, but but they weren't. If if any psychologist is listening to this, I don't pass on my number, please, because that, that I'm just different. I just <laughs> give me a blank canvas and I'll go off on a tangent. And yeah, we've kind of we've got a cross between '98 and and 2019, but the the common denominator there is that Hearts have left Glasgow with the Scottish Cup on the team bus. And just to cheer you up before we go, Mark, Osman So 
has finally scored for Dundee United and made it Dundee United 2, Inverness wow. Cali Thistle nil, and will most likely, surely at this point now, send Robbie Nielsen's side into the playoff final. So who's best? Who gives Dundee United the best chance of playing in the Premiership next season? St Mirren or Hamilton? Who do we want as Hearts fans? Oh. In the pre- I want Dundee United up. I hate St Mirren and Hamilton. <laughs> I agree with that, yes. I would rather Can we relegate was... them both. I would rather they both bring, went bring down yeah, and the two yeah. Dundee clubs were up, but yeah. And 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 the the Scottish the Scottish Football Association in the greatest screw up in history, which takes some doing, instead of relegating Falkirk for finishing bottom of the championship, promote Falkirk. So St Mirren and Hamilton both get relegated next season, <laughs> along with Dundee, and Dundee United come up along with Ross County and Falkirk. There you go. Oh man, I should stop eating cheese before I do these podcasts. Yeah, let's 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 call this a day because we we waffle enough <laughs> talking about Hearts. We don't want to throw all these other teams into the mix with with their other challenges and aspirations. Okay. Okay. So, um, so thanks for joining. It's been a bit different this week. Uh, not much talk about actual football that's just been played or actual football that's about to be played because no one gives a shit. Um, so next time we we'll probably won't even talk about the Celtic game, although I have to unfortunately go to that one. I might find a way to get out of it, but um, it, it should get out early. No, Final whistle, wrap no, up. See you later. Oh yeah, if I see trying to get out of that place. Uh, anyway, um, so give us for next time your homework is give us your script for the Scottish Cup final on the 25th of May. We'll talk about it next week in our final show before the final. Um, and then we might have one after it, but depending how it goes, maybe not. I don't know. Hopefully we'll still be partying so we won't have time to do one for a few weeks. Might do it in person with you. Maybe. Maybe. Um, But thank you for joining, and (laughs) we'll see you next time.